Now, I once read an interesting book which said that uh, most people lost in the wilds, they, they die of shame. What? Yeah. See, they die of shame. What did I do wrong? How could I have gotten myself into this? And so they sit there and they die. Because they didn't do the one thing which would have saved their lives. And what is that, Charles? Thinking. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I use that opening. Uh, I use the opening song and that opening clip from uh, the Edge to say, "Hey, you know what? We need to think more. We need to pay attention more." You know, I'm thinking about. Uh, I was watching the Edge for about the forty-five hundred and third time, and uh, and I'm watching that. If you haven't seen it with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. And uh, and they're lost in the they're lost in the woods after a plane crash. They're trying to find their way back, and uh, and they gotta they have to get south, and they don't have a compass. So he makes a compass, he makes a compass, and they head off that way south to get to where they might get rescued. And they end up at the end of the day back right where they started. And I start thinking about, well, you know what, the compass thing works, but the problem is they should have watched Rambo. They should have watched Rambo because you see Rambo when Rambo uh, uh, gets delayed in, in jumping out of the plane and he's looking at his compass at the end of his big uh, uh, his big uh, do kill everything knife. 
He looks at it, then he runs through the jungle, then he stops, he looks at it again, then grabs the snake behind him. But he's always constantly looking at the compass to make sure he stays on course. They only did it one time and just kept going that way. And they didn't realize they got turned around and came back. You know, that's kind of like kind of like life in there. And that if you don't keep track of where you're going, if you don't keep checking the pulse, you don't keep uh, checking your plan with alternative information if you watch cnn and listen to that to that bs and then you look at fox and you say hey there's a little bit different thing and then you check with what's happening in the world and then you listen to to biden spew out some some idiocy and you have to keep checking keep checking and and check check uh check the facts with life and see what's going on and uh that song was heads up from tommy shaw um Man, I'm getting a lot of different groups with Tommy Shaw in there in the last few weeks, huh? So, uh, you know what? Heads up. The sky is falling. Too late. I heard them calling. Save me. This is what the whole America is going to do. Everyone who's not paying attention, they're all going to be go. They're all going to be saying, save me, save me. What do we do now? Because they weren't paying attention to what's going on. So anyway, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff going on this week. I've got a packed full. I don't know if I can get all in a, in a, in an hour, but I'm going to try. But first, let me quickly introduce myself. For those who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you want to talk to someone who thinks like you. So call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information about financing, real estate, uh, reverse mortgages, refinances, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet. You want to do it the, the 2021 way. Go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page and put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you hear anything on the show that you want repeated, um, you can also get the podcast on edhoffman.net, click on podcast page. You'll hear this show as well as several past shows, uh, that you can listen to on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes slash Apple podcast. And, uh, you can, uh, actually subscribe for free and have it once a week. We, we, I record Friday mornings. It uploads Friday afternoon, and then it will download to your device and you can listen to it on demand whenever it's convenient. Um, if you have comments on the show, email me at ed at edhoffman.net. Also on edhoffman.net, um, well, you'll, you'll also see a link coming up in the next few days to pre-order my book, Experience Matters. Here's mine. Um, it'll be, uh, it'll be pre-orderable on that and Amazon and, uh, I'll, I'll fill you all in next week. I don't have the exact, exact details, but it'll be coming up for pre-order in the next few days. Um, so you have that. And also if you want to get on our, get on our, uh, our mailing list or our black or email blast, um, email me and give me your, your, if you email me, we automatically put you on our, on our, uh, our blast. So we'll be sending you links for that as well. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, follow me on all the other stuff, uh, on at big Ed Hoffman. And, uh, I think that's all I need to, all I need to tell you for now. Okay. So let's, let's get into, uh, what's going on. We're seeing, uh, uh, the, the, the fall of a few different empires in this country. Um, let's start with California. Let's start with, uh, Gavin Newsom, the soon to be a uh, former governor. Uh, he had a mental break while talking to reporters on zoom. Um, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Um, in an angry rant, he complained about Sacramento B, Fox News, Congressman Devin Nunes, a federal judge, and anyone loosely associated with the recall. Newsom said the word damn more than a dozen times and repeatedly slammed his hand on the desk like a like a uh, like a spoiled child. He growth is 13 percent in factory growth. No one comes close. Blue collar, middle class jobs, California dominating all those other damn states. Hell, I did a six billion dollar signing ceremony in Nunez's back damn district on a bill he opposed to get broadband to every one of his damn constituents. We have better health outcomes in Florida and Texas and better economic outcomes. Our economy contracted at a more modest rate than Florida and Texas. I don't know why that doesn't get more damn attention. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown team start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state because of our success. Yeah, well, this damn a-hole is uh, in fantasy land. You know what? Here's this is just like Biden. You know what? You don't get to take credit for the recovery from the from the crumbling of our economy that you created. Trump had this economy going crazy. We created a pandemic, which was a bad case of the flu. We stopped the whole economy. President Trump was out there saying, "Hey, the 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 solution, the cures can't be worse than the disease." And we shut down the whole country. This created an environment where we had to have all mail-in votes, which was an opportunity for the Democrats to cheat, which was an opportunity for them to steal the White House, as well as uh, probably most of the elections in the state of California. So when you're instrumental in creating what destroyed the economy, when all you're doing is, is opening it back up, and not because you want to open it up, but because people are fighting it. You see all the all the rants and going on with the the schools and how they want to uh, that some teachers don't want to uh, teach in person and and uh, they want kids to have masks and you see the parents are finally finally getting a voice and they're finally saying enough and you see a lot of people in California actually across the country saying hey we're not we're not taking another shutdown you don't get you don't get that opportunity because you let all these people come across the border and you let all these black lives matter people just riot and, and loot without, and without say, without creating any problem, any problems for them, you don't get to lock us uh, law abiding citizens down again. And so just because we're fighting back, you can't take credit that the, that the economy is getting better. Wow. Look at all these job creations. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Plus you can't just throw in some stuff that says, uh, says, hey, we're in better shape than the other states when we're not. So the conclusion of, of that little rant is vote for Larry Elder on uh, September 14th. Don't sit home and say, nah, this is California. My vote doesn't count. You know what? If this vote, if, if this election isn't straight up, if it's, if it's corrupt like the 2020 presidential election was, California is over. So this is our last chance. This is our last chance. So let's play like we know it's like we know for sure everything's going to be straight up. And if it doesn't happen, the, the country's done, the, the, the state is done. And, and uh, as California goes, so goes the nation. Um, but we need, we need a guy who's tough and who's tough and smart and conservative. And that's Larry Elder. And uh, so we will be doing, we're actually doing a, a fundraiser. We mentioned it last week uh, on the 26th in Tustin. If you'd like to join us, it's a, 
it'll be a Larry Elder fundraiser, but they're also after, after Larry talks and we raise a bunch of money, you get to see uh, some comedians do some, uh, some uh, conservative comedy as well. If you want tickets to that, it's uh, go to Mala Comedy, M-A-L-A, which is Make America Laugh Again, M-A-L-A comedy.com. And you can get tickets right there. Uh, VIPs are a thousand bucks a seat. It's not because it's that great of a show. It's because we're trying to get Larry Elder elected. And the, the other the other tickets are 250. So it is a fundraiser. So don't say, well, it seems like a lot to go to a comedy show. This is a fundraiser. So you Republicans out there, put your money where your mouth is. We want to save this state. This is the one last time you have to worry about it. after that. You can just move to Montana or Arizona or somewhere. So anyway, that's uh, that would be uh, where we are. Let's talk about the next fall. The big where we are witnessing the 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 fall the beginning of the fall of the Biden administration. You know, six short months, six short months into it, and we're seeing everything. Everything is just a big dumpster fire, um, which we all know is a is another word for uh, for a uh, excrement show. Um, so in the in the news that surprises no one, Afghanistan is quickly falling to the t- Taliban a month after Joe Biden's symbolic Fourth of July pullout of our troops. And three weeks before his original goal uh, date of completing it, the pullout by 9-11, um, you know, there's nothing like doing some symbolic date on these things to uh, to make it a. To, to encourage the Taliban, the Taliban and all the Islamic extremists to to do something symbolic like attack, like uh, destroy, like kill. Three, ma- three major Afghan uh, cities were confirmed on Friday to have fallen to the Taliban. Kandahar, Lashkar Gah and Herat, where insurgents appear to be nearing a complete military takeover. The, Gaf- the Afghan capital of Kabul uh, is under government control for now, but as Taliban but as Taliban insurgents toppled the city after city this week, experts say they're well positioned to take over Kabul. Bottom line is this week, the Taliban now controls over half of Afghanistan. I don't think we could have uh, could have predicted this. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing is that, you know, when Trump talked about pulling troops out, he talked about we're going to pull the troops out. We're going to we're going to take our tanks and we're going to take our cars and we're going to take our helicopters and our airplanes. We're going to take everything with us. So that apparently didn't happen with uh, with uh, Biden because he's an idiot. According to The New York Times, some American officials fear Afghan government will implode within 30 days and are preparing for an evacuation of the U.S. embassy in Kabul. So now Biden administration will be sending thousands of troops to Afghanistan to help airlift American personnel and local allies out of Kabul. Approximately 3,000 combat troops will deploy there to facilitate the withdrawal of additional civilian staff from the U.S. embassy and to accelerate the departure of the Afghans who have aided the U.S. government in the war effort. Um, in addition to that, um, NPR came, uh, got a hold of a, of a memo that embassy employees now have been told to destroy their uh, sensitive documents and desktop computers. It's starting to sound. It's starting to sound a little like uh, 1975 in Saigon. Remember when the uh, when the uh, we saw uh, helicopters and planes being pushed off, pushed off uh, the ends of of aircraft carriers into the ocean. And the more important uh, view that we saw is helicopters airlifting people from the American embassy while the while the Northern Vietnam Army was coming in on the first floor. Some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling? None whatsoever. Zero. 
What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Yeah, well, all evidence to the con- to the contrary. A month a month after he said that, and of course, when he said that, you know, there's there's no comparison to the Taliban to the Northern Vietnam Army. Well, because they had Russian Russian war machines with them. But now, but now, a month later, we know that the uh, the Taliban has has a more sophisticated uh, equipment because they've got tanks and they've got. Humvees and they've got uh, MRAPs, which are the Humvees with the with the armor that can withstand the uh, the roadside bombs. And uh, in addition to that, they have they have several U.S. Scan Eagle drones, billions of U.S. dollars going going to Islamic extremists thanks to the administration's hasty withdrawal without a peace deal or follow up mission. So you know what? It would be helpful if we had someone who was conscious conscious in the White House. It would be helpful if we had somebody with some uh, with some foreign policy ex- experience. I remember the day that uh, Trump got elected, when my uh, my Democrat sister from Pennsylvania. Well, we have four years with someone with no foreign policy experience, and I go, well, you know what? He's got experience dealing with companies in for- in foreign countries, so you'd think that, that will probably uh, translate. And we saw for four years with Trump at the helm, we saw other our enemies our enemies fearing us. Our, our allies respecting us, and regard, regardless of what you can say about uh, how, how Trump talks or you don't like him personally or for whatever, we were a safer world back then, and the United States was a, was a safer place. So then Pentagon spokesman John Kirby declined to call the military deployment a combat mission, but he did say the infantry soldiers and Marines will deploy with machine guns, mortars, and other heavy weapons with with the authorization to defend themselves if they're attacked. Seems to me that sounds like a combat mission to me. I was wondering if how you'd feel about my taking you to dinner tonight. Are you asking me out on a date? No. It sounded like you were asking me on a date. I was. I've been asked out on dates before, and that's what it sounded like. Do you like seafood? No. I know a good seafood place. Okay. Yeah, I've seen combat missions before, and they start out with Marines deployed with with, uh, machine guns, mortars, and other heavy weapons, and authorization to defend themselves if attacked. So I think this is a combat mission, whether they call it that or not. The troops dispatched to Kabul will include two infantry battalions from Marine Corps, one combat unit from the Army. All All have already been deployed. Kirby said that in the next week, an additional brigade between 3,500 and 4,000 U.S. soldiers will be sent to Kuwait to put on standby in case even more combat troops are needed in Kabul. And about a thousand other personnel will deploy to to Qatar to assist Afghan allies evacuated from their home country with American help. What, what a excrement show, what a dumpster fire. Can you, can you believe what's going on? That's, that's your new president. That's your new president. So tell all your Democrat friends, Hey, is this what you wanted? Is this better than Trump? Have you taught all your kids to speak Chinese or Russian? Because that's what that's where things are going. If we don't see uh, the fall of the of the uh, you know, here's here's the 
here's the uh, the sad part of it. If we go in and, and impeach Biden for the damage he's doing to this country in the first six months, we get Harris. If we impeach her at the same time, then we have Nancy Pelosi. I don't know how you impeach all three of them at the same time. And then it goes to the secretary of state and we're still, we're still in a, we're still in a terrible situation. Let's talk about, uh, let's go to the next subject, which is uh, the rest of the damage that the Congress and the Senate are trying to do to us. Um, So Congress and Biden administration continue to push through one massive spending bill after another, making it nearly impossible for the average American to keep up with what's happening. This week, with two separate pieces of legislation, a $1 trillion infrastructure bill and another $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. Because remember, everything is infrastructure now. So what's the difference? The first bill is the one that's somewhat closer to being an infrastructure bill, which is why Democrats managed to talk 17 Republicans into voting for it. And, you know, as we go through these things, you're going to see, hey, most of this is uh, is either uh, moving us towards socialism, moving us towards uh or moving us towards the Green New Deal, or just other just BS ways of stealing money from the taxpayers, because we heard it all in the, in the Obama administration, same exact things. So this is what the first bill has. $110 billion to repair 173,000 miles of aging highways and roads. Seems like I've heard that in the Obama administration, but we still, still end up getting um, messing up our cars, our tires, and our wheels on these on uh, big old chuck holes in all, in all the roads everywhere these days. $40 billion to repair 45,000 bridges, $39 billion to expand public transportation, repair 24,000 buses, 5,000 trains, and improve accessibility for people with disabilities. Sounds nice so far, doesn't it? But in that last $39 billion uh, is money for state and local governments to buy zero emission, low emission buses. In other words, a backdoor to the Green New Deal. So pay attention, pay attention to this stuff, because it all sounds fluffy when they say it on TV, if you don't pay attention to the rest of the details. There's a $66 billion to improve Amtrak's 457-mile-long Northeast Corridor, the train route that Joe Biden once took from Delaware to D.C. In fact, it's how everyone who works in D.C. while living elsewhere goes to work. And we have to make sure everyone in the swamp gets to work. Of course, if they're in Texas, they don't come to work anyway, if they're Democrats. Oh, uh, of course, those are state people. More Green New Deal agenda items, $7.5 billion for electric vehicle charging stations, which don't you think the taxpayers shouldn't be paying for charging stations? You'd think that Tesla and GM and Ford and Chrysler and all the companies that are making uh, Hyundai and all these companies that are making cars that you have to plug into instead of fill up. You'd think that they're making the profit on them. Why don't we let them pay for this stuff instead of the taxpayers? Maybe we could lower taxes then. Ah, but I, but I digress. $5 billion to purchase electric and hybrid school buses. Apparently those exist. I don't know why they can't stay with the uh, natural, clean burning natural gas that they already have. Because, you know, you can fill those things up. You don't have to charge them overnight to use them again. $65 billion to improve the power grid by boosting carbon capture technologies and more environmentally friendly electricity sources like clean hydrogen. Sounds like a lot of taxpayer money to create the Green New Deal so we can save the world. We're going to save, we're going to save the earth, but we're going to kill all the people that live on it in the process. So, hey, I'm going to stop here because i got a whole bunch more uh, dollar signs and what they mean. But I'm out of time for the first half of the main event, so uh, give give me a 
five minutes for traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be right back with lots more. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on this uh, program because uh, most of you find it, find the show be a lot more boring than talking about all the crazy stuff that's going on in our government and in our uh, daily lives these days. But if you uh, if you find yourself uh, wanting to wanting to check it out, find out if you're in the market uh, or if you're in the market, you know you're in the market. You want to find out if uh, if buying, refinancing, uh, or doing a reverse mortgage makes sense for you, call me toll-free, 855-640-2020. Uh, that's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my lending page, and you can just put in as much information as you want. And you'll hear back from me or one of my talented teammates. Um, and if that inclu- if one of those questions that you have includes, uh, should I sell my stuff should i sell my stuff in california and move out of this place or maybe i should prepare for what happens if larry elder doesn't get reelected that or doesn't get elected to the governor's governor's office and uh, california continues and we end up with uh, gavin newsom still in there what should i do well if you're looking at arizona nevada texas colorado utah florida arkansas tennessee ohio montana idaho Oregon, Washington, I think I got them all. Uh, If you're thinking about getting into one of those states, call me 855-640-2020. I can help you you with that. So before the break, we were talking about, uh, we talked about the fall of uh, the governorship of California. We talked about, we talked about the fall of Afghanistan uh, and actually the fall of the, the beginning of the, of the fall of the Biden administration. And now we're talking about what the Senate and uh, House are trying to pass to uh, steal all our, steal all our tax money. For those of you that that uh, are leaving half half of your paycheck um, to the government to do what they want with it, this should this should anger you. This should anger you. And uh, if it doesn't, you might check your pulse. You might be dead. So uh, so we talked about all the stuff that they're doing, and we started talking about all this uh, Green New Deal stuff. I'll continue. I'll continue with uh, the the money shuffling, sixty five billion, so everyone can have broadband internet. I don't know about you, but I watch these people coming across the border, and they all got smartphones. And I see these homeless people in my city, and every city that I see homeless people, and they've all got smartphones, and those smartphones work with uh, with broadband internet. And you know what? Uh, these these people in these rural areas, they all seem to have smartphones and all their kids seem to be have smartphones. They can't get a they can't get an ID to show so they can vote. But somehow they got a, but somehow they got IDs to get a, to buy alcohol and they have IDs to uh, to to open up accounts for broadband for uh, for uh, smartphones. They have all that stuff, but we can't have voter ID because that's voter suppression. Can you feel can you feel the can you feel the sky falling on you there? 25 billion to improve runways, gateways, tax, taxiways and at, at airports. Doesn't that seem like the same thing we heard from Obama for 8 years? What happened to all that money that we uh, allocated to that? 
Hmm. I don't know. 55 billion on water and wastewater infrastructure. What does that mean exactly? 15 billion of that means replacing lead pipes and, and removing chemicals, but the rest is unaccounted for. So far, so far, I want to know, I would, I just want to know is uh, what's being allocated for desalination plants in California. So we don't have droughts anymore. Don't have to pay three times as much for water and certainly don't have to uh, have all these nice green lawns turn into rockscapes. But that's me. I could, I could maybe, maybe it doesn't bother you guys, but it bothers me. Um, and how's this getting paid for? Two hundred and ten billion in unspent COVID relief aid. So they, they have all this money that hasn't got spent yet. Fifty-three billion in unemployment money from states that have halted it in their, in their COVID unemployment programs. So I think there's twenty-three states or twenty-five states that said, hey, one of them being Montana, where I'm sitting right now that said, hey, we're not giving you that, three, that $300 federal aid per week on top of what the state gives you if you're unemployed. So you can actually, you can actually go back to work because there's jobs and the jobs are paying big money because you guys are getting paid to stay at home. So you, know, you, go, in, you go into McDonald's and start at 18 bucks an hour. You can stock shelves at Walmart for $20.50 $20 from what I hear. So, you know, again, that's, that's highly paid, high education work. Um, so, uh, so 53 billion K uh, and the other, the other smaller pots of money come from petroleum reserves and spectrum auctions for 5G services. Now, I don't know what all that mean, what all that, I don't know what all that exactly means, spectrum auctions for 5G services, but it sounds pretty bad. I don't know. In a virtual event for governors hosted by the White House, Biden had a hard time both explaining the plan and getting the names of governors right. So listen to, listen to this. Try to listen about what he's saying about what, try to see if any of these sentences get completed or if they mean anything. And then you'll hear the part about where he, uh, where he calls uh, governors by the wrong name. You know, I think uh, sort of breaking through this first uh, big barrier in a bipartisan way. I, I really believe it doesn't make everything easy, but it, it does have a way, it has a, an effect on other things, in the highways that are being repaired and, you know, or built. Uh, and, you know, uh, that means for Michigan, if I'm looking at my notes here, thank you, Jennifer, for what you've done and continue to do. Hmm. Is he, uh, is he having uh, lapses in memories from his past? I think the governor of uh, Michigan is Gretchen Whitmer, not Jennifer. He, apparently, he's, uh, he's got her confused with Je Jennifer Granholm, the former Michigan governor, who is now Biden's own energy secretary. So uh, you know what? The first thing to go is your brain, apparently. Uh, the second bill, what Biden has branded the Build Back Better plan, the $3.5 trillion one, this contains what he says is money for housing, child care, health care, and education, all things that have nothing to do with infrastructure. Here's what's in it. $726 billion for health, labor, education, and pensions committee with expansive instructions to address some of the Democrats' top priorities. Universal pre-K, subsidized child care, free community college, and expanding the Pell Grant. So in other words, $726 billion for Health, Labor, Education, Pensions Committee with instructions to spend all this money on these things that 
uh, free stuff for before you go to school and free stuff for after you go to school. 107 billion for the Judiciary Committee. That's that's a good isn't the Judiciary Committee, the committee that uh, impeached uh, impeached Trump twice for raising uh, raising uh, concerns about crimes that Biden admitted to. I don't know. Could be could be just me. I'm just thinking about things and getting things confused, maybe. Uh, So the Judiciary Committee, including instructions to address lawful permanent status for qualified immigrants. You know what that means? Amnesty. Amnesty. That's immigration. Is immigration uh, uh, infrastructure now? I don't think so. $135 billion for the Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, Forestry. Uh, See, this is $135 billion for the Committee on Agricultural, Nutrition, and Forestry, including instruction to address forest fires, reduce carbon emissions, and address drought concerns. Well, I think those are state issues. They should be. Uh, and I'm sure that, and I'm sure there's some Green New Deal items in there somewhere as well. And this is for a committee, committee to do that stuff. Well, forest fires, you could figure out how forest fires are. Instead of spending money on, uh, on uh, uh, illegal immigration, maybe we should have put some of those uh, power lines under the ground in the last, in the last few years. So we didn't have all the forest fires in California this year. And uh, maybe to, to address drought concerns, maybe we should tap into that thing right next to California called the Pacific Ocean. I don't know. These, these things just seem like common sense to me. Hopefully our new governor will, uh, will call me when he's, uh, when he's looking for ideas. $332 billion for the banking committee, including instructions to invest in public housing, the housing trust fund, housing affordability, and equity and community land trust. More free stuffs. And you know what, uh, while they're talking about free stuff, free housing and subsidized housing, um, I saw one, uh, one press release that Fannie Mae is trying to make it easier for first-time homebuyers by creating their software where it'll look at your bank statements and it will, it will sense, it will, it will pick up um, rent payments going out of your bank account every month. So that should make it easier because it'll consider when they see the the rent payments to uh, to get to give that to you as a like a credit, like hey you know it's not on your credit but uh, but we're gonna the computer is gonna pick that up. They don't talk about with the people that don't pay their rent on time and how that's gonna hurt them. So uh, anyway, just more more uh, more mumbo jumbo on what the uh, what the uh, government's trying to spend our money on. 198 billion for Energy and National Resources Committee including instructions largely related to clean energy development. Definitely more Green Deal agenda in that. Thankfully, we have a few Republicans speaking out on this monstrosity. The policies they want to put behind this budget resolution read like somebody walked across the rotunda to the House and handed the squad a pen and piece of paper. Senate Democrats have made it clear that they want to use this reckless tax and spending spree to implement the Green New Deal. You're spending money like drunken sailors. They're just throwing every liberal idea and hope it sticks to the wall. They're going to change your country. It's going to be more like Venezuela and less like America. Yeah, I would, uh, I would say it's already more like Venezuela and less like America. We got open borders. We have, uh, we have the, uh, the, I'm, I'm looking for the word, um, what do you even call the, 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 the Southern border? What do you even call that? It's a catastrophe what's going on. 
and more people coming in than than how can this ever be good for America? You've got us, you've got the uh, the president calling calling OPEC and begging them to up their their production so we can buy more oil from them to get gas prices down. Wait, you just shut off the the pipelines. We were producing our own oil. Can you believe this 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 BS that they're feeding us? And of course, uh, Biden made a little speech this week and even included how how much lower gas prices are because they dropped 10 cents a gallon. Oh my God, what about the other $1.50 a gallon that they went up because since you, since you took office? But don't worry, America, Biden says these Republicans are full of malarkey and we can trust him. There are a number, there's, a, there's been a lot of misleading talk, which is no surprise, I guess, about what I'm proposing in my Build Back Better agenda. It's not a short-term stimulus. It's a long-term investment in American families. This isn't going to be anything like my predecessor, whose unpaid tax cuts and other spending added nearly $8 trillion in his four years to the national debt. $8 trillion. They didn't even purport to try to pay for their tax cuts, which went straight to the largest corporations and the wealthiest Americans. The investments I'm proposing will be fully paid for over the long term by having the largest corporations, including the 55 corporations that paid zero federal tax last year, and the super wealthy began to pay their fair share. Well, you see, uh, with this BS, this, uh, this bunch of uh, diversion um, that, that uh, Biden says about, well, these aren't short-term stimulus, these are long-term. You know, my predecessor did, gave all these tax breaks, and then they then all these big corporations got the breaks and they didn't pay any tax last year. Well, that's because they because they invested in their companies and expanded their companies to create all the jobs that you're taking credit for now. And you know, in the in the the year that they made those investments in their company, they get to take those as tax breaks. And what those will be are one one-time tax breaks that result in more taxes coming in from their company, more taxes coming in from more uh, people working, all these new jobs, and that's a long-term thing. But if you don't pay attention, if you don't think, you won't put all this together. And you'll see all these, all these uh, arguments going on in social media or these people that clearly don't think, clearly don't have full understanding. And this is how, this is how we end up where we are today. And this is how we end up in the, in the tragedy the tragedy of uh, our kids going to college and come out hating America, hating capitalism and uh, hating all the things that makes America great. And, uh, and, you know, you, you'll want to, you'll want to read about this in my book, experience matters. I have a whole chapter on, on college and uh, you'll want to, before your kids, before your kids get to college, before you start laying out your life savings on, on college, you might want to read that. Anyway, uh, let's go on to something a little lighter uh, after we just talked uh, for 20 minutes about numbers and stuff that's not as fun, but it is pretty important. Um, let's talk about the other, the other fall, Andrew Cuomo. So one year ago, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was being called the savior of America for his so-called leadership on COVID. He was winning Emmys for his press conferences and being hailed as the Democrats' next presidential frontrunner. But now, justice comes swiftly for the sexually harassing governor who resigned in disgrace on Tuesday when it became clear his options had finally run out in the wake of New York State Attorney General's report detailing his actions and every powerful Democrat in the state of New York abandoned him. 
Let's recap Cuomo's behavior one final time, then play his bizarre explanations of his of these incidents from his resignation announcement. Last November, Cuomo embraced an assistant and reached under her blouse and grabbed her breast. But according to Cuomo, this is no different than putting his arm around someone. I thought a hug and putting my arm around a staff person while taking a picture was friendly, but she found it to be too forward. I do hug and kiss people casually, women and men. I have done it all my life. Yeah, well, you would think, uh, you know, hugging, kissing casually, you'd uh, you'd have a being the leader of the of the whole state of of New York, you'd have some kind of idea on boundaries. Then we have staffer Lindsay Boylan, who was told by coworkers that the governor thought she looked like an ex girlfriend of his, and that he had a crush on her. He later proposed playing strip poker with her on a plane. And I think he uh, kissed her on the lips without uh, without her consent. Cuomo avoided addressing that allegation, too. I have slipped and called people honey, sweetheart and darling. I meant it to be endearing, but women found it dated and offensive. I don't think he I don't think he got the got the point of the allegation uh, calling women darling and honey. And sweetheart, I don't think that's the same thing as what she's talking about. Uh, you know, uh, telling people he had a crush on her and then asking her to play strip poker. I don't know. I think he's missing the points on these allegations. Let's not forget his, uh, his assistant, Charlotte Bennett, 25 years old, same age as Cuomo's two daughters, who said the 63-year-old governor asked her if she was open to sex with an older man after she told him she had been previously a victim of sexual assault. So let's see. Most young girls that you hear about being victims of, of, sexual, uh, of sexual assault typically mean some older guy took advantage of them. And in response to her telling him that, he asked her if she's open to sex with an older man. I don't know. Just seems inappropriate to me. Cuomo apologized to Bennett last week, but ignored her allegations in this week's resignation. Instead, he told this bizarre story. I said on national TV to a doctor wearing PPE and giving me a COVID nasal swab, you make that gown look good. I was joking. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have said it on national TV. But she found it disrespectful. Hmm. Well, that's his, uh, that's his, that's his story to uh, talk about where people thought it was uh, inappropriate for him to ask if they like sex with older women. Uh, I think he's I think he's uh, taking certain allegations and grouping them together. And, uh, hey, you know, he told me uh, my uh, medical gown, uh, I made it look good. And the other girl said, uh, said he asked if he was up, if I was open to sex with older men. Let's just group those together and we'll just uh, say, hey, I was giving her a compliment and I was just kind of joking around. Yeah, that's how older men uh, figure out if you're if you're open to to having sex with them as they joke around and see what kind of response that you get. Um, it's amazing to me. And regarding the New York State Trooper, Cuomo personally requested for a security detail, then quickly requested that she become his driver. The same trooper who said he ran his hand and fingers across her stomach and and her back in an elevator. Cuomo's excuse for that is even even though he wasn't thinking he deserves praise for hiring a black female trooper. A female trooper relayed a concern that she found disturbing, and so do I. Please let me provide some context. 
The governor's trooper detail had about 65 troopers on it. But of the 65, only six women and nine black troopers. I'm very proud of the diversity of my administration. It's more diverse than any administration in history. The state police handled the interviewing and the hiring. I got to know her over time. And I would sometimes banter with her when we were in the car. The trooper also said that in an elevator, I touched her back. And when I was walking past her in a doorway, I touched her stomach. Now, I don't recall doing it, but if she said I did it, I believe her. When I walk past them, I often will give them a grip of the arm, a pat on the face, a touch on the stomach, a slap on the back. It's my way of saying, I see you, I appreciate you, and I thank you. Of course, usually they are male troopers. Ew, creepy. So you're trying to tell me he comes up and puts his hands on people's face and pats on the back and the backside, and uh, he runs his hands across troopers' stomachs. I think think the male troopers uh, probably would backhand him. Or uh, certainly, certainly have an issue with that. But you know what? Uh, it just seems creepy. It just seems creepy. Not to mention, not to mention that every corporate executive in every corporation in this country, for every every uh, I think twice a year or at least once a year for the past twenty years, has to go through uh, mandatory training on sexual harassment. Has to be for at least the last twenty years. That uh, that uh, I don't know if it's. Uh, uh, human resource law, or um, it's some equal equal employment opportunity rule that you have to go through uh, uh, sexual harassment training, so you know what's inappropriate. You know that hey, you're not supposed to say these kind of things to to women in the office, and you're not supposed to do this, and you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to get yourself into situations where it could be misconstrued with what you're talking about. Every corporation. I can tell you Sears and Walmart and uh, and CVS and uh, Amazon and every other company out there that you can think of, McDonald's, they have special trainings for this to make sure that nobody has, they don't get in themselves into lawsuits over things that were said friendly, inappropriately, that, that created a, a sexual harassment issue. But this guy runs the whole state of, of New York. And he doesn't know it because I can guarantee you I've been through these. I've had to do these trainings, whether they're online or in a classroom uh, at our company. I've had to I've had to sit through them many, many, many times. And and I think the reason I had to do that was because somebody in the government created these rules. But this guy runs the whole government of one of the biggest states in the in the country with certainly the most people. And he doesn't he doesn't understand them. They say when you're explaining, you're losing. Andrew Cuomo knows he lost. After 20 minutes of explanation, he finally got to the point, sort of. Part of being New York tough is being New York smart. New York smart tells us that this situation and moment are not about the facts. It's not about the truth. It's not about thoughtful analysis. 
It's not about how do we make the system better. This is about politics. New York tough means New York loving. And I love New York. And I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. Yeah, well, I love, I love New York. Well, I used to love New York City when, uh, before de Blasio destroyed it. But, you know, my love of New York is love of the corner pizza places and the high-end steak places and the, and the, the bars and, the, and the, the shows and all the excitement and all the history of New York City has nothing to do with, uh, with uh, you know, sexually harassing women uh, other than my wife. And, uh, and I just call, I have to call BS on that. And you notice that when he resigned, he resigned leaving effective in 14 days. So he gave himself... 14 days to make sure he gives everybody goodbye hugs and a goodbye squeeze and a goodbye kiss and uh, get in his, his last shots of uh, the same things that got him thrown out of office. Hey, anyway, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 1-4-1-7-8-2. Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 092587. Equal housing opportunity.